Welcome to Sippin' on Country. We are back and I am so happy to have the lovely Trisha McClanahan. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. Of course. In. So, Trisha is artist manager. You have, you have done a lot. In, in your <laughs> well, work well, yes, I have done a few things. So yeah. let, let's let's rewind. Okay. Um, so you've been in the music industry for what, 20, uh, 20 years? No, uh, since 87. So oh, 30 okay. something years. There That's we go. a lot of, yeah. So um, was that, has that all been in Nashville? Yeah, all been in okay. Nashville. I actually went to, I grew up around here, so... You're a unicorn. I'm a unicorn. There's three of us, I guess, left. <laughs> and I grew up around here, but I went to the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. And I wanted to get into concert promotions. But at UT, there was no music business per se. It probably would have been smarter to stay near home and go to one of these programs. But I didn't. Uh, so I majored in advertising, which was the closest thing to promotions, you know, I thought. I uh, came back to Nashville in 87, and I worked for Del Morrison Associates, which managed Alabama at the time. Okay. Now it's morphed into Morris Hyam, right? Clint Hyam's mm -hmm. business with Kenny Chesney. And yeah, so that's my start there. And so what was when you started there, what were you doing? Oh, I was answering them? phones. I was a girl Just, Friday. I was doing were, anything. This is in the days before computers, <laughs> you know? Right. I remember when we got a fax machine. It was like state of the art. How does that work? And it's nee, nee, you know? Um I mean, this was this was in the late 80s, like I said, 87. Right. So I started there. Uh, Dell was fantastic. They did in-house promotion. So all those huge Alabama tours, you know, with, mm -hmm. we promoted inside. So I was able to learn a lot about the concert business. Right. That's I think what I wanted. I feel like there's a lot of people in town where they're like, my first job was just on the desk. Like, aren't yeah, you? Of but, I mean, you, that's where yeah. you meet all the people, right. you know, people coming into the office, you're speaking to them. Yeah. I and mean, when you got that job, did you kind of have a, a clear idea of where you wanted to end up? I did not. I was so happy to get a job in the music business and I had been temping at places and freelancing a little bit and just sort of knew somebody who um, recommended me for that job. And I think it was great to be answering the phones because it taught me that no matter what you're doing, do that well, be the best at that, and you'll find a way. Yep. The path will appear, which has sort of been the essence of my career. And then so after that, what was the turning point from that? Like, When did you go from answering the phones to taking, <laughs> you know, taking that step up? Yeah, well, um, there was a guy that worked on the promotion side of that world, Trey Turner, um, and Trey had left to to work with Reba McIntyre had opened her own office um, with uh, her husband Narvel Blackstock, mm -hmm. and Trey had gone there to do the in-house concert promotions there, like he had done it with Alabama. And he called me one day after he'd been over there for a while and asked me, you know, if I would come over and, and do the advertising for them. And uh, that was in the early '90s. I went over to Reba '90, so. Okay. You know, during the course of the 90s, she had the biggest tours in, yeah. the, in the country format, at least. And we had all these trucks and buses and costume changes and dancers. And it was so exciting. And advertising the tours now is about social media. Right. I you mean, it's, it's a whole different, a whole world. different world. You know, I feel like yeah. even just in, in the last 10 years, you know, mm -hmm. the way that everything, especially with stuff like that and social media... Um, I mean, TikTok and everything. Yeah, it's that's put just, on the artist now yeah, to do it. You yeah, hundred percent. Right, that's so, really how that happens. Yeah. So you were out on the road doing the uh, advertising. Well, then I wasn't. Were... Um, you know, I wasn't on the road that much in the beginning. I was 
advertising the tours in terms of setting up radio promotions and um, handbills and radio ads and newspaper okay. ads I ran. I mean, this is like pre-computer days, how we would promote those shows. And we had these huge tours. And as part of that, sometimes when Reba would have a sponsor, I would sort of be the, the sponsor liaison for okay. some programs. And I kind of worked that into, hey, let me bring in sponsors. Let me let me initiate the sponsorship programs. And then that turned into, um, do, eventually I ended up VP of marketing, you know, and I Anyway, it's a long story, but I did a lot of other things there. But it all was because of, if you're answering the phones, also do it, yeah, do the to best of your ability. Right. Do the next thing, do the next thing. So. And, and, I mean, once people know your name, I feel like that's also just a big part of it. Like, mm -hmm. regardless of what role you're on, and um, mm -hmm. I actually was just speaking about this with my other guest, is that you can really never, like, never discount anyone. You know, you could go to a studio, right. and the person that's in there, like, doing the teas and coffees, give it 20 years, and they could be... Like the head of Absolutely. some, absolutely, you know, and I mean, perfect example. And there's there's plenty of people like that. I mean, for, so you went, you studied advertising, mm -hmm. you ended up in that role. Now, I mean, yeah. obviously, at some point that took a turn um, mm -hmm. because now you're in artist management, right? Um, how long were you at Starstruck? For? Was it Starstruck? Twenty years. Wow, twenty years, and you know, it seems like a long time, but. Because of Reba and the huge bandwidth that that is, there was yeah. so much, you know, uh, I was able to work on promotions for a Broadway show, for yeah. a TV show, for movies, for books, mm -hmm. you know, so much that Reba did beyond just concert. But uh, I brought the, the clothing line idea to I her. Gonna ask about yeah. That. A designer in New York reached out to me and had this idea and... I kind of liaise on that whole thing and all the brand extensions and hired people in the field and Reba and Narvel were great. And I just sort of became, you know, a team with them and, and making all that happen. And then somewhere along that path, I became friends with Kelly Clarkson mm -hmm. and we brought her in for management and I became part of that management team with Narvel. Okay. So that's when I really got in more the management side with Reba a lot of the things I did were day-to-day -day maybe right you know? okay but with Kelly's where I really got into the the management work side yeah of. I think it's interesting because and that's you know really kind of the whole point of the podcast is that people see um you know you see Reba's tours you see mm. the sponsorships and and from someone going out and paying tickets to go to a show or buying clothing you know you, you really don't see how it all materializes right. in the first place um which I think is really really interesting so for you, for that change from, I mean, that that sounds like a huge change in job roles from going well, from you that know, to... Well, you know, I will say that it was never so much a change as just an adding on. It feels okay. like throughout my career at Starstruck, it was like, yeah, you can keep doing that, but then add this on. Well, and because I wanted to do oh, right. it. You know, I wanted to do, I wanted yeah. to be part of Kelly's team and right. I wanted to, to still be a part of the Reba team with the brand extension. So I did it all I mean, it was a lot for a long time. And there oh, was a sure. lot. That's when I was really on the road a lot, you know, um, so but when, also worked in the office. When did you join Kelly's team? Uh, 2007, probably. Okay, so she'd, she'd had kind of that six, what, six, seven years um, being out there as an artist. So she oh, was yeah. pretty well established by the time yes. you jumped on board with that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what was, what was the main stuff? I guess you were working with, with her. You say you were out on the road sometimes, but it was... Yeah, on the road, particularly with um, album promotions okay. internationally, um, shows. So just, you got to travel a lot, yeah. like 
world travel. Worldwide, yeah. I mean, how was that? Because I think there's always, from an outside perspective, there's always, oh, this is so glamorous. You get yeah. to go to this city and this city. But, I mean, in reality, when you're kind of travelling around and you've got that work aspect of it. Yeah, it's not as uh, glamorous, you know, as one would think, for sure. Because a lot of it is, you are working, sometimes you don't see anything but the venue. Sometimes, right. you know, depending on what your day's like, then your uh, the venue becomes your office for the day, and it doesn't matter if you're in Brussels right. or Paris, it's right? Just another, it's yeah, another it's just another venue. place, uh -huh. right? So there's that, but it's also a lot of times there's fun stuff, and there are days off, and there's great things to do. And I don't think that it's ever glamorous, but it's more like traveling with your friends, right? And I yeah. guess you do. You, I guess you build up that rapport when you're right. working with people day to day. I mean, to be fair, that's how we met. Was yeah. back in the day. So. Um, Back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. It wasn't that but long. But we were it in England, right? We, we were, not, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, I think, at the BBC. I want to say it was at the BBC Studios. Yeah. Um, and that would move on to the artist you ended up. I assume uh, that was after Kelly was a... Oh, I left Starstruck in probably, in, uh, let me think, 2010. Okay. So I really wanted to, to run my own shop, you know, I love Reba and Norval both, and I still have a great relationship with both of them. I learned so much there. Mm -hmm. and But I just sort of wanted to be my own shop, you of know? Course, yeah. I mean, it's the natural kind yeah, of step. Yeah, sort of the natural yeah. progression of that. And I did, and I, I worked with a lot of great artists. Um, Scotty McCreary, Lisa Marie Presley. I did Amazing. a lot of different things. I had a Christian band for four or five years. But at uh, 2014, I guess, I signed Lauren Elena. And ended up with her for nine years, and we had a list of goals, and we achieved them all. I mean, it was really a great run with her. And I think speaking just about that social media stuff and how stuff yeah. has changed, I think that's where a lot of people would know you from because that oh. relationship that you and Lauren had on <laughs> right. social media. Right. I mean, that was that was a big part of it, and I feel like it really showed how much of an impact you kind of had on that management role. Oh um, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, uh, Lauren was 18 or 19 when I first started working with her. So you're really, you know, growing with that person. And one of our goals was to get over a million followers. So that was social media. I don't always want to be a part of that. but <laughs> so, so you, but can't, you can't hide anything. Yeah, Once exactly. it's out there, it's out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, from starting with an artist that's kind of very new like that, is that something that you prefer to like obviously you came in with Katie Clarkson when she was a little more established mm -hmm. um Lauren was kind of I mean off the back of American mm -hmm. Idol but but still just starting out I mean mm -hmm. do you have a preference on well the thing like about Lauren that was so attractive to me is and I always say I came up at that Reba camp and I was probably spoiled by it because I've to this day never met anyone with her work ethic and with her driven and uh but also that she had the ability to do all these different things. A lot mm -hmm. of artists could only do the touring or can only do the studio. I mean, with Reba, she's putting out if, books and, yeah. and movies. And I mean, it was all these different yeah. avenues and, and platforms that you could utilize. And Lauren was the first person that I had met that I felt like, even as a young girl, she's she could be a lifestyle. She right. could be a brand. She, could she be, just really... yeah. I think it's, it seems like it's hard to find that. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a reason that Reba, even now, mm -hmm. I mean, she's she's still a household name, and Absolutely. to keep to keep yourself in that public eye for so long, you know, mm -hmm. it's not easy. It's this 
the industry choose yeah. you and spits you out very quickly. Yeah. And so I think to to keep there, and that must have been amazing to be able to learn in that yeah. environment. You know, you had so many bits. And your management company is called? McClanahan Management. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you are no longer with Lauren. Right. Um, uh, Lauren and I parted ways. My decision. Uh, but yeah, we're still great friends and... And yeah. I mean, what what are you kind of work? If you other artists that you you're kind of bringing, I'm talking on to people. At? I'm really t- have taken a little bit of a break and mm-hmm. kind of regrouped. I kind of hit a getting close to a magical age where I feel like, oh, let me, you know, and I don't, you know, a lot of the things that we talked about that are so difficult early mm-hmm. on. I, d- I don't necessarily want to do all those things anymore. Right. So I, I have a time to be a little selective, and so right now I'm just kind of taking a little break, talking to different artists and figuring out. And it also sounds like you're pretty much, I mean, from from that first job back in 87, like it sounds like you've pretty much just been on it the, the entire time, you know. Yeah. So it's it's nice to be able to take yeah. a little step back. Yeah. Um, I mean, is the, obviously you've got your company, but from everything you've done, has management been like the the kind of favourite area of the business that you've been in so far? Um, I love doing deals, but the thing about management, and it's a lot of deal making, um, I kind of see myself as a, a steward of dreams, right? And so as a manager, you're able to sit with the artists and figure out what their dreams are. <laughs> and with Lauren, uh, she wanted to be a member of the Grand Ole Opry. She wanted to have a fan club. She wanted to have a foundation. It's like we were able to discuss what all her dreams were and work on those and make those come true. And that's what I really love. Right. As a manager, you do that. You're part of the whole picture rather yeah. than just myopically and again I, I think that's something you know people from the outset don't see mm. um is exactly what goes into that like day-to-day management because it's not just one thing right you know you're like you say you're kind of helping build that artist mm. to be um to be who they are and kind of who they become um and without without management I mean you know I think I think it's probably fair to say that a lot of artists you know they lean much to much more towards that entertainment and you know they they're there to entertain they're not necessarily there to handle the business Mm -hmm. side of things um so i mean just as a not necessarily just with lauren but just kind of as a whole like what would you say the top things are that an artist manager is doing kind of behind the scenes that is not you know is not seen by Right. Well, what you're talking about, the person is being entertainment. I mean, uh, they're creatives, right? And then, yeah. then they're business people. Mm-hmm. And when the for the creatives, I find that they can become very stressed about record label meetings or having to sign contracts or any of that kind of business or anything. And to be fair, the whole thing runs because of their talent and their God-given you know ability. Yep. So my role as a manager is to... Take away all the other stressful things to do all these other things so they can focus on just being creative. I mean, that must be hard as well. I mean, you say like with contracts and stuff, but I mean, ultimately you have to, they have to, whoever you're with, I mean, they have to Mm. trust you 100% Mm. Mm -hmm. to get, for you to say, hey, look, there's this contract, like this is good for you. I mean, that's, but that's a lot of pressure for you to have, right? you know, for well, if... I thought of it that way, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you that's part of the management relationship. You yeah. have to trust that this person is going to be dealing with your booking agent and is going to decide how much money you're worth. And it, if it's if you're able to do this and not overstretch your schedule, yeah. I mean, it is a... Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. so many moving parts. Yeah. 
Um, I say that I think you just you don't necessarily think about it, and it probably to be fair, probably you don't think about it. Having done it for for right. so long, there's just stuff you kind of go around and right um, and get done. But uh, from being on the road, like where's where's the fa- your favourite place that you've ever been able to kind of go around and visit? Oh, maybe Dublin. Okay. Um, lots of cider, lots of Guinness. Yeah, <laughs> Guinness. It's great. It's funny because I went to Dublin with Lauren and Reba told me do the Guinness factory, which I would never think to right. do, right? But she was so right. I don't know if you've done it. It's fantastic. I haven't. I've actually I've only been to Dublin once and I think I might have gone bankrupt from it. Oh I know, it's crazy, <laughs> right? But it, I mean it's a beautiful place. I love Amsterdam too. Um there's some great places in the States too, but um like I said, a lot of times you're just in the venue and you don't get a chance. Yeah, I mean, before yeah. you're on the bus, you're right. You know, you drive to the next place, and yeah, it's a it's a very like heavy tour schedule. Yeah, I guess, I mean, maybe coming with like some of the the older artists is I think seems to be where a lot of people who are working in those camps tend to see a little more of the place because the schedules tend to not be so packed. Right, true. Right. Well, and to, f- probably the the reasons I'm drawn to more of the European things is because you have days off there because you're over there for, you know, a month or whatever. Right. And you, you do have, have days to. off. But if you're traveling here in the States, you're doing two nights and you're then you wake up at home right, you know, yeah. the next morning. Sure. So. Which is always nice, though. Yeah. Everyone loves their home yeah. comforts, <laughs> as nice as it is to be out and about. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of artists, do you find yourself particularly leaning towards the... I mean, Kelly Clarkson, I, she's kind of crossed over a lot of genres now and right. definitely crossed into that country side of things. But do you see yourself sitting within the country industry at this point? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love pop. I mean, Kelly's far outgrew me a long time ago, you know, and what she's done has been absolutely phenomenal. For me, I, you know, country was really the reason I, I wanted to be in Nashville and I, yeah, I'm really drawn to that. But now country's become such a broad thing. Um, I think certainly Taylor Swift has showed us, you know, that, that people can be drawn to that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think she, she, regardless of like, you know, I know there's mm-hmm. two sides of the camps for Taylor Swift for sure. Um, but, she, I mean, she may not be in the country right. sort of scene now, but, I mean, she has done a huge amount, especially in those early days as she was kind of making that move. Absolutely. To, to bring people over. And she's a storyteller, you know, and that's what the country thing is. Yep. Morgan Wallen, I think, it, you know, arguably one of the best artists of the year. I mean, I think the appeal of the format is massive. Yeah. I mean, so from from working through, you know, what, three Three decades, two and a half. Oh my two gosh. decades. Sorry, three I'm de- sorry. Yeah, two and a half. Two and a half. No, it's it's three. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah no. it's a lot. And it's yeah. three. <laughs> <laughs> um, wh- how have you seen the industry change from, you know, how you go about managing? Because, you know, I mean, even just in the in the last you know five ten years, yeah, um, I see stuff changing all the time. I mean, yeah. my. My day job, I kind of work behind the scenes mm-hmm. um, with a record label, and even that, like every day, just the way, the way that people get their information and, and they sure. get payments and stuff. It, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. But um, I feel like trying, <laughs> trying to roll with all those changes in the way that people receive that info. You know, mm-hmm. you know, ten, fifteen years ago, 
when people are, I don't know, maybe they go and they're buying magazines. I mean, who's who's buying magazines right, anymore? Right. You know, like yeah. um, now you're competing with, you know, tens of thousands of people mm -hmm. on a social media platform that just popped up yesterday. And yeah. it's and you kind of have to be an, you have to be an expert in it from day one. Yeah, it's the, there's so many messages now. Right. And people are getting them from all different ways. Like I said in the beginning, when I was advertising, promoting concerts, it was I would go to a market. I would call the program director for the radio station, call the newspaper, mm -hmm. maybe TV. You know, yeah. it was just a formula and each market was individualized. But now I think the biggest shift is that it falls on the artist. You know, the artist has to do all this social media. And even if someone's facilitating that for them, it's got to right. be the artist's voice. It's got to be the artist's face. Right. You can't go onto someone's TikTok right. and be like, hey, this is so-and-so's TikTok. Like, yeah, I, I mean, people are just going to be like, what, what is this? Yeah. So that the responsibility, the weight of all that has shifted to the artist. And if we knew what the magic dust was, we would put it on all of them. Yeah. But especially in the social media, you don't know when... Walker Hayes is going to have this TikTok dance with right. his daughter that takes off, right? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, oh, well, now we've got to jump on this. Now or, everyone's going to do that, yeah. there's some, yeah. yeah, just, you know, some viral video from the other side of the world that all of a sudden, wait, now, we, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you and have to be fast. on it. And I think... I'm sorry, I'm oh, gonna, no. but I was just going to add to that, that y it used to be that you would be in an on-cycle and an off-cycle with albums and press. And when, you know, you had a product coming out, you do all your press and do all the things around that. Then the artist got a break and you kind of kept them out of the media to give, right. the, give that a break. And that was the same in the pop world too. Mm -hmm. But now you cannot take that time away. Do you think that's made it a lot harder yes. for artists in the industry? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you're not getting that break. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean... It's, it's very much, it's a passion, right? There mm. is, people love doing it. it. It's not necessarily work. I mean, everything becomes work to mm. a point, um, but people love doing it, but still not being able to have that break, you know, not being able to just switch off. Because, yeah, I mean, you, you disappear from social media for two weeks. Everyone's like, oh, my God, what's happened to Yeah, this? that's over like, next. Yeah. They found someone else. But it feels like you have to be so mentally strong to do that, for one. But you also, when uh, young people come in and, and talk to me and or I go and speak to a college or whatever and they want to do it on the creative side, I would not wish it on anyone. You only need to do mm -hmm. that if you have no choice that you are so determined and so driven and that's your passion yeah. and you calling and you've got to do it. Because otherwise, yeah, it is, it is hard. Yeah. And fame is so hard. Yeah. It's definitely not the glamorous life that I think right. a lot of people see it as. I mean, you've got to be thick-skinned, again, especially thick skin. with yeah. social media. You yeah. know, you, you put one thing out there, you're going to have, for the handful of people that are going to be like, this is amazing, there's a whole <laughs> other people, load of people that are just, you know, they're going to just right. be horrible people. And some people just um, do it because they want some, the response and yeah. they will get it. The yeah. negativity gets a response. It, yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it, that is a horrible way. And there is no break from it now. There is no, like, let me do this crunch time and get this album out. It's like it, you said, you can't you just, disappear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even albums, I feel like people are stepping back and now it's like, we'll do an EP. Mm. You know, we'll get, let's, mm -hmm. re let's release multiple. Keep music coming out. Yeah, Got because you. You, you can't stop. There's just no... Yeah. I mean, do you think that's sustainable? Hmm, that's a good point. I think it's sustainable, but I don't think we're building the level of stars that we used to, maybe. It feels like there are a few giant superstars. There's mm -hmm. Luke Combs and there's 
Morgan Wallen, you know, yeah. among the new people. And then there's a lot of people down here. But the sustainability of that middle level, it's, I don't know. It just it seems like it's so... They're replaceable. They the just time. go to the yeah. next person. Yeah. And I, actually, that's something I talk about all the time is that you kind of... We're kind of in a, a time now where a lot of those big names and the, you know, those legends... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're mm-hmm. all starting to reach that age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of sit back sometimes and I look at everyone that is in the industry now. I'm like, how many of these people in 20 years are we, you know, still? how many of them mm-hmm. are going to maintain where they're at now? Yeah. Because it is, it's just, it's, and there's so many people coming through because, I mean, even, again, you know, 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, to be able to jump into the industry. I mean, you had A&R reps going out and right. scouting. You know, they, w- they would leave their office. <laughs> they would drive somewhere. Um, yeah. You know, and they're, they're looking and finding that next big thing. Whereas now, there's so much competition. Um, that and it's analytics have, have gone into it so much, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of leaving their office, they're just looking at the TikTok numbers. Yeah. I mean... It actually to a point mm. is this person any good doesn't necessarily i mean it, it factors into it to star? a point yeah. yeah but you know you could have you could have someone on tiktok that's got 100 followers and yeah. you know maybe gets like five or six likes in all their videos might sing or play or you know entertain the best of like you know the best of the best but they haven't got the numbers so right. they're not even gonna they're just gonna get pass through you know whereas years ago they might go out and play and someone would say oh my god I just saw this person playing and Mm -hmm. and I think that kind of goes back on to maybe the performers as well of people you know you don't have you don't necessarily have to go out and play and also what is uh what's more beneficial at this point is it more beneficial to sit in your room and create content for social media or is it more beneficial to that's get out true. and be in front of people? I think that's a... Yeah, you, know, you could reach more people, you could right. argue, right, on social media. It took Reba five years to get her first number one. And I think now you'd be hard-pressed to find acts at labels that they will hang on to that long. Oh, yeah. You know, you that get, they will invest that time to make them a... A, a year, maybe yeah, two. Yeah. And if you haven't got anything, they're just going to... Right. And uh, I don't I don't know what the answer to that is. Because how is it sustainable once you... if you did a magic dance and it was went viral. Then what's right. the next thing? Right. You yeah. Just, there's, the, yeah. there's, there's a point where that's going to stop. Um, so, I mean, for you, when do you tend to go out searching for clients or for as most part, all people come to you kind of, where are you at? People come to point? me. Uh, um, a lot of, you know, people referred to me. Uh, but I also, I'm on top of social media, you know, and I look at the numbers as much right. as anyone does. And, you know, I have um, two nieces that are 21 and 17, and I listen to hear what they're listening to. One of my favorite jokes is my 21-year-old niece was telling me about Zach Bryan a few years mm-hmm. ago. And I said, who are you? Are you talking about Luke Bryan? I mean, I had no idea. Are you talking about <laughs> Zach Brown? I mean, you know. Right. But these kids all know what is breaking before yeah. we do. Before, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And yeah. then, well, now everyone knows. Yeah. Now everyone knows the name. Exactly. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's a really, I feel like it's a really wild time just to be part of it. Yeah. Um, I say, like, every day it feels like those goalposts are changing as to where you've kind of got to reach to. Right. Um, 
when you're you say you go out to like colleges and stuff and speak about it well yeah sometimes um, yeah so how how often i guess do you go out and speak to kids and do you feel like they kind of have a grasp of what the industry kind of is from that standpoint you know they they see it all and they see the tiktok and they 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 understand that oh like if we can get all these followers but yeah. do you think they truly kind of see the industry if that makes i don't sense? know yeah i know what you're saying I, it feels like i mean i don't want to be some old fogey that that makes generalizations about the the youth of today <laughs> but i feel like with some people they feel like they put the time in and I've got my degree now, let's go. Or I've got, right. you know what I mean? I, I have 100,000 people on TikTok, so let's go. Let's, mm -hmm. Let me get the... I met with a guy recently, and I was encouraging him to move to Nashville. He didn't live in Nashville, but he's like, I live in this state, and I do great. I'm like, well, it's like, you want to play for the Atlanta Braves, but you live in Philadelphia. Right. You oh, know? Well, I can just travel to Atlanta right. like every now and then when they want me to train. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I still believe that the 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 Nashville is a community. You and I were talking before mm -hmm. the camera, you know, started about all what a small town it is, and yeah. that one piece of person leads to another person. And when I look back on my career at this stage of three decades, we said or whatever later, I think to me it's all been about the relationships. It's not been about the work. Yeah, I think that's and I think that's what it comes down to yeah. at the end. You know, you can again, you can have these viral videos but if you if you can't maintain that relationship and yeah. if you can't be there I think that's the other thing with you know if you especially within country music like yeah. unless you've established yourself to a good point I mean I know there's you know there's a handful of artists that they'll they live in Texas rather than being in Nashville but I mean they can because they're at a point where and that's almost to be honest, a separate can, business it, in and Texas, Texas right? is a whole yeah. other thing yeah um, but there's a lot of people, you know, who they can be somewhere else because it, does, it doesn't matter at this point. But when you're starting out, whether it be, I think, in just in any area of it, mm. you need to be in front of people and mm -hmm. you need to have people seeing your face. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, yeah, just actually getting to know people on that personal level right. as opposed to this persona that, mm -hmm. that they're putting out. I think that's... It's very, very different and, and something that's maybe getting a little harder to do. Well, I think the pandemic sort of set us all back, right? Where wasn't when I first was working for Del Morris in the late eighties, every Friday it felt like the publishers were having a block party outside and people would just walk up and down those alleys on Music mm -hmm. Row and there'd be you'd see Rodney Crow who had four number ones on one album at the time, you know? Yep. Playing on his little stage and uh, now those things happen occasionally, but they're once every six months or mm -hmm. once a year. They're not bi-weekly or, you know, every right. other week like they used to be. And that was a good way to, to have the community. But uh, with pandemic and we all stayed home, I don't think a lot of us ever went back out, right. you know. So how did that change for you from a management perspective, having to deal with an industry that, I mean, was essentially... I mean, essentially yeah. it was completely shut down, yeah. you know. The only things that were happening were social media because right. you didn't have to be next to someone. I mean, did that change your perspective on, I guess, just management well, in general? I will say that was one of the most challenging years. But I also, one of the years I loved the most because we met all those challenges. It's probably financially one of the best years we had. And it was because we found other ways to make it work, right. you know. And 
I've tried everything and a lot of things didn't work. You know, we did a lot of people did these virtual concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, you just you did different things with sponsorships. We did cooking shows, a lot of virtual stuff, a lot of sponsorship stuff. But to me, it was sort of interesting because it stripped back a lot of acoustic kind of things mm-hmm. to get really get to who can sing and yeah yeah yeah. There yeah. wasn't a whole lot you could. Yeah. You could have to put up and go. There was no production. You There's couldn't, no you know, production. you couldn't have it. Do so you think that, you know, obviously that was not a great time for anyone. But right. I mean, coming out of that, do you think that it has bettered you from a management perspective? Like bringing in those kind of new ideas about yeah. how you deal with things. We never want to be in that situation again. Right. Um, but you know, taking taking kind of all that from there do you think it's changed now how you would manage going forward well i think it it just is sort of a good it was a good spiritual test right a good reminder for all of us Mm -hmm. and all of humanity about what is important and i think management wise the same what is it about the artists that when you get down to it i think i think that was your lauren rutter book you know it was like how do you really pare down to what is important to the artists Mm -hmm. but where it was less tough on me than it probably was the creative side of um, the creative people because they're so used to getting that feedback. Right. And there was no feedback. That's the worst part of all these virtual things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that was kind of wild. It was very interesting from a consumer uh, Mm -hmm. standpoint to see how people kind of utilize that. Yeah. To me, there was also a fear of, would we go back to live music? And obviously we have, and it's Mm -hmm. bigger than ever, but... But at the time, I'm thinking, why are we giving away our livelihood? Because you're always so conscious in contracts and security to not let people right. film shows. And here we're filming them and putting them up for free, right. you know. But we've all gone back out. It's all been fine. Yeah, but and thankfully, I feel like the the industry, we, I, when it kind of started to open back, there was, you know, all that hesitancy. And, I mean, it's amazing now it's so good to see yeah there's to see no... what it's come back to it almost right. it almost feels like covid didn't happen yeah in terms of just the way people are and i'll be honest i wasn't entirely sure we were going to get to that point agree you know because i would go out and i just everyone was very standoffish and like i'm very sociable like i like being with people right. um and i was like I had to remind myself when I went places, I'm like, don't hug people, don't shake their hands, like, stand back, stand back. Um, well, and the but, first time those things happened, it did feel weird, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. I remember people trying to shake my hand again, I and I thought, oh, because we had gone for a year, 18 months without doing Right, that. and you're like, oh, it, like, yeah. no, it's okay, like, it's okay. And then I'd yeah. be like, is, wait, no, I've done it now, like, is it okay? I know, <laughs> and then you think there's no replacing the live experience. No. Yeah, there's so. not. You can't as much as you can put out on social right. media and you can do, you know, virtual live shows that nothing, nothing replaces being somewhere and just having that, right. that whole it's the atmosphere. It's the atmosphere that makes it, you know, it's it's why people go to shows and they don't sit at home and listen to a record. Yes, you know, it's shared you, experience. Yeah. It's why you go to exercise classes, you know, yeah. that shared experience sort of elevates everything. 100%. And then with. That's why someone like Lauren will always succeed because she is so good on stage and why a lot of these TikTok people will not translate into ticket sales mm-hmm. because you can't. Yeah. Yeah, you, it's one thing being in your room. You need you need to be able to yeah. have the report. I know for yeah. me, when I go and see a show, I want to feel like I'm the only person in the room. Right. You know, that's... 
Don't um, you always walk away thinking he was looking at me? Yeah, I swear right. he was looking in my that's, eyes. Yeah, that's what you want. You want everyone that, feels that way. That personal yeah. connection that you just you don't get any other way, and you don't get it from social media, where I think is really where it's lacking. Um, but going back, I know you were saying you know back in the eighties when when people were much more accessible, late eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, have you got any just fun stories? Like when you think of that time, is there anything that just stands out to you about? Oh my gosh, no. I mean, I'm sure none that I'm going to share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I do think then fame was a byproduct of what these artists did, you know, and it wasn't mm-hmm. the goal of what these artists did, but it also felt like our when a superstar walked in, it was like you could hear the music, you know, almost and see the aura. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, it social media puts everybody in your bedroom you know, yeah. at night. So you, yeah. there's not that specialness. And I think that's probably a lot where it shifted. I mean, mm-hmm. when, you, when you're when you speaking with artists that want to come on board with you, um, that I think, you know, there are a lot of people that they're like, well, I want to be famous. How do I be? Like, yeah. I want to be famous and this is something that I'm good at. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll just kind of merge those two <laughs> together. But um, is that something you look for yeah. when you are bringing people onto your roster of... You know, you want the people that they don't they don't care about the fame or that it's not it's not there in the forefront. You want yeah. the people who first and foremost their artistry and their talent is what is you know, their yes. passion. Definitely. I think anyone that, you know, talks about wanting to be famous or if this doesn't work well, I'll just be an actress. Mm-hmm. Or if this does you know, yeah, that can't yeah. I I personally can't be involved in that pursuit of fame. Now I will say, uh, back in the UK I actually had a friend, um, long long time ago I did this talent show and and my coach he was very much one of these people that was he didn't care how he did it he's like I just want to be famous yeah and fair play to him he's now a tv presenter and Uh. he is doing incredible but his his goal from day one was be famous well you usually will succeed at whatever you state your goal is but the thing about the fame part of it is you can never turn it off Mm mm-hmm I mean, you open that bag and it's, it's, it's no over. turning back. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a and it's yeah, it's not it's not great. I mean, I think I actually think the country music industry as a whole is a lot better. Um, you know, for like pop artists. Mm. I mean, mainly I guess a lot of those artists are living New York, LA. Yeah. Um, and that media coverage is is a lot oh, more intense. Intense. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people within the country music industry. It's surprising how many people are able to keep. Mm things very closed off which which i think is nice and something actually i really like about the genre mm-hmm. as a whole that you know people are in even now there are certain acts they don't mind going out and being you know in some of the bars in midtown um and and even going on broadway mm-hmm. you know people will do that and i just sometimes i'm like would that happen if you were in la or new york right you know people just don't want to go out they're like well, in Nashville, I, I do think that that's one thing that we've been respectful of, even with all this growth and mm-hmm. so many um, people coming in from the outside. I think we are respectful of that yeah. and not approach the artists. And I, it's amazing, isn't it, that we don't have paparazzi at this point? Yeah. Even, I mean, I love it. I remember yeah. I, I first started coming out here in 2009 um, and... I think it was either then or, or 2010 and me and my friends were going out for lunch and we're driving down the road and Darius Rucker's just walking down the street and we're like hey and he's like hey <laughs> yeah and I remember just 
being like, wait, like what just, what just happened? Yeah. Like it's wild to me that no and no one cares. But, you know, obviously right. as time's gone on, I'm like, it's so refreshing. And it yeah. must be so nice to be able to be in in that scenario. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so you're obviously taking a little break right yeah, now. Yeah, I've taken a little break, just a few months, and, you know, kind of figure out, talking to people, yeah. So, what have you been doing in your break? Oh, my gosh. I have a little cabin in the mountains. So I've spent some time up there. Okay. I've traveled a little bit, hiked the Grand Canyon. And, Saw that. Oh, yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, so I've traveled a little bit, but... Um, yeah, just going on hikes in the mountains and reading a lot. It's been just good. Taking time taking for yourself. Taking some time, yeah. And then, I guess, slowly building, yeah, building back, back up like and, and jumping back into it. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you Thank so you. Much. This thank was awesome. You. I mean, I'm so glad me. you came in. Thanks. Uh, everyone, Trisha McLanahan. <laughs> Uh, I will make sure that I link to a little more information about you. Okay, and, um, awesome. We'll make sure people go check you out. Guys, we are going to be back next week. Come and join us with our next guest. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks, thanks for having me. And uh, see you soon. Recorded at 2300 Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Original theme music by Gary Wood.